0: As last week, I'm uh, pursuing just the scriptures that have to do with the coming of Christ and the terrible plight of mankind spiritually in the last days. Uh, For the day of false teachers is upon us as never before. All kinds of false teaching, all kinds of false doctrine is being spewed out not just uh, from church pulpits. This is, this is the sad thing. There's not only a falling away in the true church and uh, a loss of love and fervency. You have to judge your heart here when I speak, see. Just be careful you're not swept up into the thing. Remember that you've been warned from this pulpit, you see. Jesus says that in the last days there would be a great falling away. Now, you have to determine whether you're going to be part of this or not. I think it's a terrible tragedy for people to listen to the Word of God, be warned of what's coming by Jesus Christ, and yet be duped into the very condition of which Jesus Christ warns. And I would have to say that. You will never have that excuse before God. To say that past again did not warn you that there would be a great falling away in the true church. He says in another place, in the last days the love of many shall wax cold. Now you have to determine, is your love waxing cold for Jesus Christ? And you can't determine by looking at last Sunday and matching it with this Sunday. This is not the measure of love. The measure of love is, what were you last year and the year before that and five years ago, and what are you like today? Then you can judge yourself spiritually. You can judge whether you are being duped by what Paul calls spiritual wickedness in high places, whether you're being duped by false teaching, may have listened to things that have possessed your mind. Sometimes this can happen. We still got that old carnal mind. And then you can determine about the place you stand with Jesus Christ. Now, naturally, as a preacher of the gospel of Christ, as a preacher of the word of God, believing with all my heart that the ministry God has placed here at Franklin Avenue is one that is staying close to the gospel of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit and the ministry that God has given us here, I don't want anyone to ever have an excuse at the judgment seat to say, if only Pastor again had warned us. I am warning you. I'm warning you that there will be a coldness come into hearts within the church. I'm warning you that there will be a great falling away and that you can judge yourselves quite well by merely looking back at your life and doing a little introspection and judging what you were not last week. This is never a good source of judgment, but last year and two and five and ten years ago to see whether spiritually you are standing before God where you should be standing in these last days. If there's ever a day that you should be close to Christ, it's now. It's in these last days that you should be very close to Jesus Christ. There should be a yearning for his coming. Unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time unto salvation. Now, we all, in a sense, look for him if we're believers, but there'll be those who really will have a fervent, Wonderful yearning for the Lord's coming. And to them, there's great joy for the heart. I'm so happy he's coming. Boy, I'd be miserable with this old world I see around me if Christ wasn't coming to establish his kingdom. What a terrible thing it would be if all that we see now and all that there is, that's it. God help us. Better we'd never been born. Better any man rather never be born if he hasn't found Christ as his personal Savior. It's silly. What's the sense of it all? Who cares whether we have children? Who cares whether we were born if there's no destiny? If the Word of God says we are born unto sorrow and tears, then why be born if you don't have anything beyond the sorrow and the tears? If the Scripture says that this journey is a journey of tribulation, then let me ask you, then what's all the value? And isn't this what happens in much in the world today? People cry out, what's it all about? What is this world about? Look at what's happening, the, the tremendous changes in the world, the confusions in the world, the wars and the rumors of wars of which Jesus spoke so often. How terrible if that were all that we had to look at. And I want to tell you, the world is filled with false teachers. There are the teaching is becoming so widespread of false doctrine that it is an amazing sign of the last days. I think I, of course, you know, not having been saved when I was a young man, a boy, I I can't possibly look like some of you my age might look back to that day. But they tell me, those of you who may be in my age group and were saved in that day and went to churches that really loved the Lord Jesus Christ, that in that day there was a vast difference from this day we're living in. That the whole bent of mothers and fathers and children who were saved was the Lord's house, the Lord's work, that the Lord would be uppermost in men's hearts, that Sunday was God's day, that it was set aside with mother and dad, and this was God's holy day. What a difference today. What a difference today. All we have to do is look around us. Now, I read to you last week, and I would like to, if I can, hold pretty much to the Scriptures uh, as to what I'd like to say from these different uh, areas of false teaching. There's much in the Scripture that has to do with false teachers. Uh, if you would turn in your Bibles, I read to you last time from Jude. I read to you uh, from several verses there. I read to you a little from 1 Timothy and a little from 2 Peter. But if you would turn with me to 2 Peter again, I'd like to talk some on these areas of false teachers. The portion is Second Peter, the second chapter, the first to the third verses, and then the 10th, 12th, and 13th. There were false prophets. Now, Peter here is speaking, of course, Peter was, remember, the minister to the circumcision, to the Jew. Peter was the one who believed that only Jews were to come into the fellowship of God until Paul rebuked him, said that you know that Christ came, that he came to the whole world and his purpose was now God was opening his great grace to all mankind, that he dealt first with the Jew, with one nation, and then from that nation That seed came forth, which was Christ, and when Christ came, the whole gospel opened to the whole world, that all the world might come to God. How blessed and and how wonderful. And I, you know, I'm thrilled about the moon trip. I don't know whether I'll see them walking on the moon. I don't know how late you'll have to wait tonight to see that, but I guess there'll be lots of people probably if I... I would like to, if I have to go to bed early, set the alarm if I know what time they're going to walk on the moon. But uh, I can't help but think, uh, here we are as the generation of man. We have no disputing with the scientists. We allow the scientist to search all he wants, to go back as far as he wants. We don't care if he brings in the ice ages and all of the ages of the different creations, and we don't care about the Neanderthal man or this man or that man or any other man. Let them go back four and a half billion years, which they claim they have now. Let them go back six billion years. Let them go back ten billion years. Before that, God existed. In the beginning, God created. And all we're saying to man right now is this. This man, that is on the earth at this time, this creation is of Adam. And this man is in Adam. And Christ says, in Adam all men die. And in Christ all men can be made alive. We are the Adamic creation. And so... We have no argument with science searching back as far as they want as long as they understand that this is the Adamic man. This is the man that God is dealing with. This is the man that God created in his own image. This is the one that God calls man. What happened before that, before the ages of past, That does not concern me as far as salvation is concerned and as far as God is concerned and this present creation on this earth. This is the Adamic creation. And God created man in his own image and in his own likeness and gave him a Holy Spirit that he would give him as a gift by faith and faith alone. But he had given him a spirit nature which could contact God. And said that those that would seek God through that nature would really find him. So this man, you and I, are of the Adamic creation. And God's going to deal with us upon that base. Now, there are false teachers abroad, many. Let me just read. There were false prophets also among the people. This is Peter saying, remember now you Jews, you had false prophets back in your Old Testament. Just, he says, even as there are now and shall be, the future false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And oh, I tell you, when you see the false teachers and then you see how the Bible now is made the source of jibes and jokes and God, and now we have jokes about practically everything. I am amazed at the way they talk about Jesus Christ on television and on radio how they tear the thing down to shreds, and how in schools the professors look at our young people who say they believe on Jesus Christ as their Savior and look at them as as though to say, oh, you've flipped your lid. How can you believe in that old-fashioned stuff? Well, I want to tell you they've just got a little brain and a little cranium and a little skull that knows very little about eternity. And unless I have the revelation of God about eternity, I don't have anything. And they can do all the thinking they want, and they can find all... I wish I could quote some of the things that I hear from some sources of false teaching. But the false teaching is of such a character, and the, the, the prophets, the false prophets and false teachers who come into being and demean the ministry and ministers and evangelists, and I read the magazines and... Uh, Certainly, I don't think any man has been more above board with the taking of a salary than Billy Graham. Yet, I read the magazines accusing him of getting himself rich, and yet the federal government has his salary on its rolls at $24,500. This is the man's salary. He has nothing to do with the Billy Graham Association. He's part of it. It's a corporation, and he receives a salary. Yet, if you read the magazines like Newsweek and some of the others who made him look as though he was garnering in great riches for himself and that uh, when he came to New York he was backed only by rich people and the only reason the rich brought him to New York was to hold the masses down so they wouldn't take the riches away. Now these are the kind of things we're having spewed out to us. This is the kind of false teaching, false words, using lies in every way, to demean the gospel and to bring us down low. And Peter warns that there shall be men who come false teachers, teaching all kinds, he says, of damnable heresies. And he says they'll come in privily. Be careful, he says. The word in the Greek means they will creep in. They will come in secretly. They'll get into your fellowship. And while you're allowing them to come into the fellowship... You'll have to watch them very carefully for they will bring in damnable heresies. Why, listen, if I were to tell you how I have to protect from my own place as the minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ in this very church, it would amaze you. False teachers possibly stealing in. Using my library as the source of disseminating their material. So much so that I have to go through my library once a month and glean out the books from Jehovah's Witnesses. I have to look at my track rack and look and find whether there have been those who come in, false teachers coming in unawares, secretly putting their books into the library, their tracks in the track rack. Go on the back table. Every place I find things on the bulletin board I have to tear down on Monday. Someone has come in and pinned it up some false ideology pinned up on the billboard. This is a day of false teachers, false prophets coming in what? Secretly coming in what? Unawares. God is warning us, you see. He's telling us, be careful. These are part of the last days. There were false prophets, he says, in those days among the people, even as there's going to be false teachers among you, who privily, secretly, creeping in, shall bring in, what? Damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them. This is a damning heresy. What is a damning heresy? A heresy which will eliminate Jesus Christ as Son of God and Redeemer of the world. A heresy that would be found in any books put out by the Watchtower Society, having their great convention up here last week, was it, two weeks ago, at Yankee Stadium, 100,000 people, spewing out the doctrine that Jesus Christ is not the Son of God. He is the first man who was perfectly made, that's all, but not the divine Son of God, not the act of the Holy Spirit upon Mary, although the Scriptures are so clear on it, not the Holy Spirit coming upon Mary, and that which came forth shall be called the Son of God, and thou shalt call His name Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sins, but rather a perfect man coming into the world, not divinely born, not the Redeemer, not the blood that cleanses from sin, not the one who is the Father, as He said, I and my Father are one. He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then? Show us the Father. This is the kind of false teaching we have to be careful of. All kinds of false areas. But he says they'll come in privily. I underline that word. Be careful, he says. They're going to sneak in. They're not going to come in and cry out, we don't believe what you say. No, they come in, they don't want any argumentation, they don't want any discussions, they don't want anything concerning this. They just steal in and lay around their literature. Listen, this is the great age, you know, for literature. Russia is plying the world with her literature the evangelical church of this day in many of its foreign fields, you'll hear the great cry, Literature Sunday, so that they can get out in printed form those things that they believe to be truth. Well, I want to tell you, for every single line we print of truth, there are a hundred lines printed of error. And error is flowing throughout the world. Peter warns, be careful, they'll bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them. In other words, the price of redemption has been paid for the whole world, beloved. I remind you of that. For every man, woman, and child who's ever been born and ever will be born, the price of redemption is paid. And all that is needed from the heart is faith. There'll never be another price. The purchase price has been paid for mankind because the purchase price involved sin. And God made Jesus Christ sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And this simple act of faith is that which brings us into that saving relationship with our God and our Father through our Savior Jesus Christ. And so with, to be careful, damnable heresies come in. For instance, I read a heresy about four weeks ago, and I think it was the issue of March 69, early March, in uh, either Newsweek or U.S. News and World Report. I'm not sure, but people send me subscriptions to both of these. And I think it was Newsweek. And Newsweek goes into a great portion on the fact that now they have determined that Jesus Christ was married and had a lot of children. And they're going to trace now, they're going to show, you'll remember the the hoax that we had, you know, the Passover hoax that was written, you know. Well, the same group now, they're going to go after this. Jesus Christ was married. They're going to trace all the lineal records back, although all the lineal records were destroyed 70 AD when the hordes came in upon the Jews and plundered them and destroyed everything they could find and all genealogical records that would trace back to Christ, back to David so that only Christ could be seen as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the one who should occupy David's throne, so that no Jew today can ever trace his lineage back to David. And the only possibility of the Messiah coming was from David the king and back tracing from Abraham and down through the tribes and down through David to Jesus Christ. The David, J. David's throne will one day be occupied by Jesus Christ, but he will be the Lord of lords and the King of kings and the only high potentate over all the earth. And this which was begun in Judaism, in Israel, shall finally be the blessing of all the world, as God said to Abraham of old. And yet, they're trying now, you see, to change that whole thing and to try, say, we, we, we're pretty sure Christ was married. That's all you've got to say to some people. That settles it. That's all you have to do. There are some people, I venture, since they read that article on Newsweek, are going around telling everybody Jesus Christ was married. He had a lot of children. What do you believe that for? Well, now, that's pure poppycock. It doesn't have a thing to do with the things of Jesus Christ. And yet there are statements such as this. False prophets, false teachers, they just come in and they throw it out. I can hardly believe they print some of the things that they print. They have no base, but it sounds good. Beloved, let me tell you, the world is so easily duped by the false teaching that it's hard to believe. It says here, and many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And let me tell you, beloved, the way of truth is evil spoken of. Maybe it's hard for you to realize, but I see it in my, in my own ministry. I see the things that are happening all around me. I see how the ministry today is, is much different regarded than it was years ago. I see how the, the different... Uh, Uh, attitudes of people have changed on the ministry. Because of false prophets and false teachers today, the the true ministry of our God and our Savior Jesus Christ has has fallen by the wayside in many cases. One, I think, the most disturbing things that I can think of today is the fact that the, the ministry, there's been a degradation of the ministers of God. That now there's jibes and jokes and all the rest on television and on radio about ministers and all of these things are going on. And this terrible condition is existing. It bothered me greatly, I want to be frank with this, it bothered me greatly that Billy Graham had to be on laugh end. I love Billy Graham. But it bothers me. The dignity of the gospel has no demand upon this thing. This man whom I love in the Lord needs no publicity. God gives it to him. You don't think laughing gets him before kings and rulers, do you? This man has appeared before the crowns throughout the earth to preach the gospel of Christ. He needed no publicity from any program, and especially a program of that type, that between the time that he spoke and they used him as a foil, I would remind you of that, they used him as a foil, and the one before him and the one after were dirty jokes. Now, why do you insert the man of God between two dirty jokes? I'm sure that Billy himself, his heart was broken because he got a myriad of letters from believers saying, why? Why? As some said, the garden will be packed every night without you ever appearing and nobody else will listen to television than they would have before. God's making sure they'll get there and listen. Who sends the people in? Is it some television program or is it our God? Who is the mighty one that sends to hear the gospel of our saving grace through the Lord Jesus Christ? It is our God. Yes, it disturbs me. It disturbs me, the the degrading of the ministry. Movies and TV and All the different stories they have now involving ministers and priests and preachers and everybody else. Let me tell you, it's false teachers and false prophets coming in unawares and debasing the true ministry of Jesus Christ so that the true minister of Christ, when he goes down, and I can tell you this from my own heart, I'm here in Malvern preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ with all the power, I believe God would have me do it in the Holy Spirit. I don't mince words. You know that. But I want to tell you that as far as other ministers in Malvern, in Valley Stream, and any other place are concerned, I'm a crackpot. When I preach that the blood of Christ cleanses from sin, they say I'm a fool. Well, I want to tell you something. I'm standing beside Paul when they say that. Because Paul had said that the preaching of the cross would be foolishness to them that perish. But unto us which are saved, it will be the power of God. So I'm willing to wait my turn. I'm willing to wait my turn. And that will be the judgment of God upon it. But it's distressing to know that here in organized churches incorporated in the state of New York and throughout this nation, the preaching of the gospel is foreign. I would that they did tax everybody that didn't preach the gospel. I think the government would have enough money to run itself on. Why do you think the church is being brought down into such disrepute? They're so afraid of the things that are happening, the churches around are already organizing, who are invested in businesses and are getting great incomes from businesses that is unfair to normal business Associations for churches to be engaged in business and these churches are already organizing to make sure that the state the government does not tax churches and the amazing thing is they have enough voting power to make it pretty sure there's only one church that needs to vote solidly and they'll never get it through. Why do you think the the, the people, after all, in this nation, attendance to church is down below 40%. The problems are growing greater. And I want to tell you that the people who are not in the church are beginning to look at the church as taking the wealth just as it did in Russia. Why do you think we've had revolutions in nations? It started with the church and the church's possession of businesses and properties and corporations and lands and the people finally rebelled. Now the true church of Jesus Christ is not engaged in any business except the business of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the sending out of that word of God to the far corners of this earth. And I praise Almighty God that, as I said before, we're laboring with young people seeking to bring them to Christ and our missionaries are throughout the world, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this church makes not one penny that it garners for itself. Praise be to God. False teachers come in. You look at them. It Really, it's a a killing experience. When I hear the things that are going on around me, when I hear young people talking about what goes on in their churches, and here and there, some one of my young people, young person may somehow be swept up by what they do in some other church, and how over in that church you have a ball Boy, they have a great time. Well, I'll give you a great time, but it's going to be in Jesus Christ. I'm going to give you the greatest time of your life because it will all be involved with Jesus. And I want to tell you something. You get your life involved with Jesus Christ as your Savior and your Lord, and the joy will be so deep in your heart that anything you ever did in life wouldn't compare with it. False teachers have come in from the hierarchy of our churches. They're spewing out premarital relations. They're spewing out that homosexuality doesn't mean anything. In England, it's legalized. How is it legalized? The Church of England backed it up! You only have to read Romans 1 to know what God has to say about homosexuality. Every psychiatrist in the world today says that Homosexuality is not a disease. False teachers come in with their damning heresies how many of you have read about them? You read about them in your newspapers. You see the things they're doing, having their wild things, churches now. As I said a couple of weeks ago, they're pulling out the pews. They have dances and they all get in leotards and then the minister strips himself and wants to show that he stands naked before God. God help us. You can get that. That was in the New York Times. Right in New York City in Greenwich Village. False teachers. They're coming in the name of God, remember. They don't throw the Bible out. They say, we've got the Bible. There it is, right there on the table. What more do you want? We dust it off every week. We don't use it. But the Bible's in the center. Well, they ought to begin to preach it. And then we see changes in people's lives. We'd see regeneration. We'd see people born again like you've been born again of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. And we'd find a dynamic in our churches and a life that really counts. False teachers bringing in their Christian philosophies. No more Bible now. We have a Christian philosophy of life. Do unto others as you have others do unto you, and that's it. Throw the rest of the Bible away and forget the whole thing. As long as you know that, you're okay. Well, I want to tell you something. The world's been doing unto others as they like done unto you for a long time, and I don't see things getting any better. They're just getting worse and worse and worse. teachers. False teachers. False teachers. Sure, we've got now psychedelic Christians. Great. Had a fellow who took LSD talk to me. He sounded like a prophet. He spoke under the effects of LSD about Jesus Christ and His second coming and the power of it. And he had never believed anything. Now he believes Christ is coming again under the effects of of LSD he says my mind's been expanded I understand now well I want to tell you something the Holy Spirit expanded my mind I don't need any LSD yeah, There's a whole group of psychedelic Christians the whole bunch follow a man like Leary the courts say it's okay and the whole crowd follows in one of our lo- local high schools the other day, I just see 88% have now already tried marijuana. 88! In the LSD group, Psychedelic Christians, So yesterday, and you weren't up early enough, but I got up very early yesterday. About 5.30 in the morning, I turned on TV because I wanted to see if there was anything on on the astronauts, and instead they had another program on. You know, it was early, but they apparently get something on. They fill it in. So they had LSD and what it does. And so they showed them, those who'd taken LSD, They show here's an accident where a young fellow was killed. And what happened was, his friends knew him, every time he took LSD, he believed that he had the power in the mind to change the traffic light so they would all turn to green as he went down. And he did 60 miles an hour and killed someone else in doing it. That's mind expansion, isn't it, huh? Another fella got out of his car right over here in New Jersey, taken LSD on a sugar cube, got out of his car and believed that he had the power of mind to stop the motor after he got out. And the car went down the hill, ran into another car and killed the person. He stepped out while it was going and said he'd stop it with his mind. False teacher false teachers, psychedelic Christians. Listen, beloved, born-again Christians, born of the Word of God. When that new birth comes and the Holy Spirit comes in to dwell in us, He gives us but one thing, grace and peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. And He says, I have not given you to confusion, but to peace and what? A sound mind. Ah, that's the new birth. That's believing in Christ. That's having solidarity. Well, I have a lot more to say. Tremendous themes. Tremendous themes. I pray God will seal some things to all of your hearts. Let us pray. Father, we do thank Thee for Thy Word. We thank Thee, Father, that we can see just what Peter says. Be careful, he says. There's going to be those who are going to come in, teach all kinds of damnable heresies. False prophets, false teachers. Lord, we haven't even touched the, the, the subject itself. We'd only have to think of some of the false prophets of this day that we can see around us. Claiming great powers of prophecy. Lord, when we recognize that no matter who the prophet is, there's always a 50-50 chance they're right. Percentages are pretty small. So, Father, we pray that we might understand that all true prophecy comes from our God. and He's warned us about these days. He's warned us that uh, there would be a day of tremendous false teaching, false prophets. We know that... uh, Even Timothy Leary calls himself a great prophet. Now, Lord, how we pray that we would overcome in these teachings that are spewed forth from churches and pulpits, that immoralities and fornications and all of these things are being allowed now that it's perfectly all right. But we remember that God doesn't change and we're so thankful for that. Thy word will never change. Adultery is adultery. Fornication is fornication. Murder is murder. Rape is rape. Stealing is stealing. Covetousness is yet covetousness. And so, Father, we pray that we might understand. For Thou hast said, By faith you understand. God give us understanding. May this people stand fast, Lord, as as thy servant, how I pray that you'd stir up the Holy Spirit in people's hearts. There must be a great grieving of the Holy Spirit in many hearts today where there's been a falling away, not that great fervency for Christ, indifference to the Lord's house, to the Bible school, to the things that are important to know to know that the Lord warns in the last days it would happen and yet to do nothing? Oh, God, God touch hearts, stir by thy Holy Spirit this people that they will not be found lacking when Jesus comes. May he be able to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. In Christ's name, amen.